glad in it. Those who are joining us live right where you are, thank you for those who are able to participate live in person. And of course, it's good to be in the house of how blessed it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And we want to enjoy, encourage you to join us in worship as we worship our God in spirit and in truth. We welcome you to fellowship, dance, sing, and worship a little something like this.
come to give him glory, come to bless the name of Jesus. Amen. As we continue on to worship him, let us prepare to receive the word of God as Pastor Price will come and lead us in the gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. We're beginning then, continue on in this chapter, looking at verses 22 to verse 31. Amen. Amen. Amen, church. Let's have a word of prayer. Yes, Lord. Father God, we come thanking you for another day, Heavenly Father. Father, thank you for a reasonable portion of health and strength, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. Lord, we thank you from the time you touched us and awakened us this morning until this point in time, Heavenly Father. Surely you have been good and kind and merciful and gracious and to us, Lord, and we thank you, Lord. Lord, we want to send our special prayer, Heavenly Father, for the people in Florida, Heavenly Father, that's lost their homes, or that have died and lost families, Lord. Just please touch in the mighty name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. 
Father, you know, you know, you know about the war in Ukraine, Heavenly Father, that's touching with all across the land, Heavenly Father. Help us as a people, Heavenly Father, who are called by our name to humble ourselves and pray and seek your face, Heavenly Father. Father, let us turn unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. 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 So from Luke chapter 12, the gospel according to Luke, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, beginning at verse 22. Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 22. And it reads, Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They do not plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he certainly cares for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Amen. 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 Amen.
Service are listening, that we might see Jesus and have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Speak through your vessel, your servant, that he may preach with power and purpose to your people. And that, Lord, we leave better than we came in from this time of worship, this time of fellowship. In Jesus Christ, then, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As we continue on, 
looking in Luke, the 12th chapter, talking about stewardship and understanding the value of our life. Help me announce to your neighbor, tell them life is worth more than what this earth can give you. We allow the world to tell us what our life is worth and how we are valued. And oftentimes the earth will have you undervalued. They do not see how much you are worth because they will easily throw you away for something else. We are looking in this text, this 12th chapter, Jesus continuing a discourse teaching to his disciples. Last Sunday, we had him teaching his disciples, but one man decided he wanted him to talk to figure out how to handle his estate, saying, my brother won't give you what's mine. But sometimes we get caught up seeking after God, that we think God's supposed to help us in our needs, not understanding that we were made for him. Uh, we were created for his glory. We were created to worship him. We were created to serve him. And so let us not flip it and twist around that God is here to serve us when he made us to worship him. But the beautiful thing about that God made us to serve him, that he's going to give us everything that we need. You won't be without when you are with him. When you're with him, you'll have joy. You'll have peace. you have comfort. you have everything that you need. You may not have everything you want. But you have everything that you need. Sometimes we want stuff that's not good for us. Thank God he knows how to hold them back away from us. So we see here that we want to understand that life is worth more. You can fill in the blank. Sometimes we allow our possessions to make something worth more than life. But it always comes back into perspective. You might have had a phone call similar as I has. A loved one tells you that they got in an accident in your car. So a couple of things are going through your mind. And depending on what you love the most, the question you might ask first. Is the car okay? Uh, the car's fine, but I'm in the hospital. Uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe I need to reframe my question. Are you okay? Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm all right, but the car's not. Uh-oh. Depends where your pride is all right. You're not happy with either answer. But when you understand that the car is not as valuable as life, you, can, you don't care about the condition of the car. But you wonder how that life is okay. If you did an inventory of your house or where you live and, and you started marking things that are eternal and things that are not eternal, you're going to find out that there's nothing in that place that's eternal but the lives and those that can breathe breath. Hello. And so, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. See, our life is worth so much more that Jesus died so that we might have life. So Jesus, again, is teaching to his disciples about the priorities of life and how you want to have your priorities in order and know how much your life is worth. Uh, turning to his disciples right there in verse 22, reading New Living Translation, it says that this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. But if you looked on social media, you think life is made up of food and clothing. 
I, I remember when social media first got started and people started taking posts of what they were eating. Food became so popular. Check out my dish. Check out what I just made. Check out what I just cooked. And then, then now I look at my fashion. Check out my fashion. Check out my clothes. So everything's made up of what I eat and what I wear. We make life so good that we think that, oh, I got to look like this. I got to eat like this. I got to be like this in order to act like I got it all together. But we all know you can dress yourself up but still be messed up. When we are, when we're unable to match the system that's been put in front of us, then we start to feel inadequate. Because we don't have the right brand shoes, the right brand shirt, the right hair uh, texture, the right hair cut, uh, the right clothes. I don't drive the right car. All of a sudden now I'm measured by what's in front of me instead of realizing that God gave me everything that I need. Don't worry about whether you have enough food to eat. It's interesting in this context because when Christ is teaching to them, they understand how God brought them out of Egypt. How God brought them out of Egypt, that he gave them their daily bread. We understand that term when we say the Lord's Prayer, give us our daily bread. And what that implies is that God will always take care of you. Mm. That, that, that daily bread means I need my daily sustenance. That's going to give me enough energy to make it through. You know they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And they did not lose one day without a meal. God did not ever leave them hungry. They woke up in the morning, breakfast was there. <laughs> like the dew turned into bread. And they called it man. And they, they understand that God provided for them. Matter of fact, God provided for them so much, he let them know that you don't need to take no more than what you need. Because those that try to take more than what they need, it was spoiled the next day. <laughs> to let them know that that was for that day and that day, oh, you need to trust me and depend that if it's going to be another day, you'll see that again. Tell your neighbor that God can do it today, he can do it tomorrow. We get caught up sometimes that we don't know what God can do because we don't know how God can take care of it today. But we can slow wash them and start realizing that God is consistent. God is good. I don't need to worry about what's going to happen when I know that I got what I need today. Then it says enough clothes to wear again in the wilderness. You understand? They only had one change of clothes. <laughs> Their sandals never wore out. Their garments never wore out. We buy brand new shoes. They get worn out the first day you wear them. I know, I know I bought some shoes. The stitches came right on out. As soon as I put them on, I'm like, I just bought these. You get a new shirt, a new tie, the button falls right off. As soon as you put it on, I just bought this. We got stuff we think is good and it's in good condition, but we know stuff happens in life. But yet God said, I will sustain you in this wilderness. Not only will I provide for you, but you have no need to worry about what about your clothes. They will keep you comfortable. Another thing, too, is that Oftentimes, they may have two chains of clothes, and that's all they had. They didn't have a closet like we have with different pairs and different shoes and different clothes that we can decorate and walk through. As a matter of fact, they didn't need a walk-in closet. All they had is that garment and that coat, and they swapped in and swapped out. That's why it says that they were, if you, someone took it, give them your coat. Basically saying, how can I be more giving? But here it is that when we have stuff that we want to hold on to that we should let go. Not trusting that God can replace what we already have. We need to understand that God is able to provide our every need. 
But when we are basing our life on what we possess, you might find out you don't possess much at all. When you think the value is worth something, uh, can I bring us back to the seventh chapter? I'm sorry, the seventh verse of Luke 12. He says, and the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. This value is expressed again in verse 24 of the same chapter. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For God feeds them, and you are far more valuable than to, to him than any birds. Can I highlight one? He says, look at the sparrow in verse 7. Then in verse 24 in our current text, he says the raven. But this is after he talked about how don't worry about food. And here I'm thinking about Elijah, how God had a raven bring him food when he was in the wilderness. It was a raven that brought him his breakfast, his lunch, and his dinner. And here Jesus, the prophet, who some say might be Elijah, uses the raven and says, like, the raven does not reap. The raven does not, does not sow. But yet it gets everything it needs. Matter of fact, God will use raven to deliver food to his prophet. And so God can take care of this raven. And God knows what happens to a sparrow. Doesn't he know what happens to you? That reminds me of that gospel song, that hymn that we like to sing. His eye is on the sparrow. I was researching up and realizing how this story was written by this two, a couple go visiting a friend that were sick and ill. And they asked him, how do you feel? And they said, I feel all right. God is good. His, if his eyes on the spare, I know it's on me. They said, that's a good line. So they made that poem. Why should I be discouraged? <laughs> and so they understand, like, we went visit someone who was sick, who was ick, but yet they, they were not upset, but they could see the goodness of God, even while they were ill. Saying, if God is watching the spare, I know he's watching me. That's why we get excited when somebody sings that song, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. We can be free of this world and all its limitations and bondage and chains when we can trust in our God to know that he can do all things well. Our God has no limits. Cast all your worries upon him. Think about what worrying does to you. Verse 25 says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? We know the answer to that question. No. And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? We say modernly right, don't cry over spilled milk. Your worrying will not change what has happened. Look to God who can change all aspects of your life. Turn to the Lord in prayer and bless the Lord for he is good. Look to see the goodness of the Lord and how he's supplying your every need. The world will have you look about what's bad and what's negative, but yet Christ says, I see light. <laughs> That's why he came to die for the sin of the world. Do you know that God is in control? And once you let God be in control, that means you can let go. If you're trying to control your life, I want to encourage you to let you know you are out of control. What do you mean I'm out of control? I'm trying to control my life because you don't know where you're going. You don't know how to get there. You think you do, but you need to let Jesus take the wheel. You need to get in the back seat and fall asleep. 
What worrying does to us scientifically, we know it is not healthy when you worry too much. It impacts your heart, not cause you for hyper blood, hypertension and blood pressure and give you uh, increased insulin and make increase the likelihood of your insulin going up and diabetes impacting you. Your nervous system messes with your nerves that you get antsy and jumpy and don't know how to calm yourself down. I'm talking to somebody. You get too anxious. You get worried too much. It messes with your muscles. You get tight. You get cranks. You can't move. You can't. It hurts and aches and you need massages. You get headaches and migraines. Then also you get sick because your immune system now is stressed out that it's not able to fight because you're worried about too much. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up wings like eagles. They will walk and they shall not faint. When we understand that if I just wait on the Lord, he will help me and make me see through. Now, Isaiah, when it says they that wait upon the Lord, is talking about faith. It's about us placing our trust in God. God will never fail. God will never lose. God is always going to win. Trust in the Lord in all your heart and lead not into your own understanding, but all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. God cares for the lilies and the flowers. You see what Jesus says? He says, even the flowers do not dress as beautiful as Solomon. Isn't that something? Yeah, now Solomon was the richest man that everybody knows. And Solomon was dressed very nice because he had access. But yet it points out that look at nature. Think about how you get in awe when you see a beautiful sunset. Oh, doesn't that look beautiful? How you get at awe, you can go and see the full moon and see the stars and say, oh, doesn't that look beautiful? To know how beautiful our God is that he's created awesome things that we get at. Think about it, how people sit down and watch TV to see the earth. We go to the zoo to look at God's creation. We go to the aquarium to look at God's creation. If God can make those things as beautiful, as wonderful as they are, think what he's going to do for you. Mm, mm, mm. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Mm. And so here it is when we get it right in order that we say, Lord, let me trust you. Let me remove my stress. Let me put it all on you. Many, many times in our lives, uh, we are stressed and worn out because we're worrying about things we have no control over. And since you have no control over, you're frustrated because you're not getting the results that you want. I know that we don't always get the results that we want, but the problem is, it's not the results, but how do we respond to those results? We need to understand that if I can't control it, let me go to the one who can and said, so let me cast all my cares into the one who cares. He will keep us in perfect peace as we keep our minds stayed on him. And so when we understand that I can add on to my life, look what it says in, in, as he's talking about the lilies and the flowers. He says this. And if worry can accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? Here's the beautiful thing about this faith situation. That we have allowed some people to tell us 
that faith is something that we can assure and that you can store it up and that it means something. But I'm going to help you out. God has already given you the measure of faith that you need. We think I got to do something to get more faith. No, God has already given you enough faith that you need. But all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And here's the beautiful thing about faith. Our faith means that, Lord, I trust you more than I trust myself. Do we trust God more than we trust ourselves? That's what we need to say. Lord, let me ask you what I should do, not ask me. Let me do what you want me to do, not what I want to do. Because, Lord, I trust you. That, that's why when he talks about that, 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 that soldier said, just say the word and my servant shall be healed because I trust you. We like when people trust us because they do what we ask. <laughs> right. You say, hey, just go do that. When they start asking questions, you're like, why don't you trust me? And that's what we do to God. God tells us what to do. We say, but Lord, I got questions. <laughs> and God is saying, why don't you trust ye of little faith? But notice here. That Christ is pointing out to you is your faith, your lack of faith does not hinder what God can do. Notice what he's saying, that if he's taking care of the lilies of the valley, if he knows what's happening to the, to the crow and to the sparrow, the raven, he knows what's happening to you. But will you take time to allow God to minister to your life? Oftentimes in our lives, we have to put things in our schedule in order to get it done. You are sick and ill, but you have no time to see the doctor. But yet, when you fall out, everything that you were trying to do won't be able to get done. Because now you need to see the doctor. We are pushing stuff off when we can do it today. You can stop and let go and let God. Don't worry about if you have enough clothes enough material possessions. There's all things we are concerned about, right? How can I provide for my children? How can I provide and keep the lights on, right? Those are great things to think about, but also, are you trusting God to help you out in that? You're thinking, if I can just win the lottery, if I can just do this, then this is gone. But yet, if I can just trust God. Here it is that when we are allowing Material things to make us feel special. We know if we lose them, does that lose our identity? Does that change who we are? I, I, I may lose my house. I may lose my car. But yet, what does a man profit to gain the whole world? But loseth his soul. We need to eliminate these distractions in our lives. There's some distractions in our lives that makes us so consumed that we need to let go. We talked about a little bit of last, so how we got to detox how we may, maybe need to put down some social media. We need to put down certain TV shows, certain reading other things that's making us think, how can I get more wealth and more this and more that, but yet I'm not rich towards God. We need to realign our priorities and think what's most important. Am I trusting in God to provide for me or am I trusting myself to provide for me? You can trust in yourself, but yet you know yourself. You're not dependable. You, you, you can tell on yourself, because we know how we are not dependable. Because things come in our lives, but yet our God is the same today. He'll be tomorrow. Because our God is consistent. And when we see that our God is consistent, then we always, he always shows us what is good. 
So notice how when we are no longer consumed with this world and God cares for us, what does it say in verse 30 and 31? It says, these things dominate the thoughts of the unbeliever all over the world, but your father already knows what your need is. So as Christians, we should not be living as unbelievers. We should not be living in such a way that people can't tell that we love Christ. I don't need to tell you that I'm a Christian. I should be able to show you that I'm a Christian by how I live. It should line up with my conversation, with how I walk, how I talk, how I behave, how I honor my, my vows, how I'm a good work and have good work ethic and I'm good on my job. I'm a good neighbor. I'm, I'm a, a good driver. That's our road rage. We need to understand that every time in our lives we go out that we are being light bearers of Christ. And he wants us to be good stewards of what he's given us. When we allow our lives to light up with how I can get on this list because how good I look, how well I dress and where I live, I, my priorities in the wrong order. I should not be living like the unbeliever. But yet what verse 31 says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he will what? Give you everything you need. Another time they say, he'll add all these other things unto you. But I like how New Living Translation says, he'll give you everything you need. Because that's how New Living Translation has Psalm 20 said, the Lord is my shall have everything that I need. <laughs> that's what it said, I have everything that I need. It did not say I have everything that I want because it understands how we use the word want. But it says, I have everything that I need. I need to breathe. I have air. Oh, glory be to God. We notice that since I can, I can thank God. While I'm still on this side of the soil, I can lift up my hands and praise him. While blood is still running warm through my veins, I, I can move the extremities of my body. As long as I can, I can make vocals and noise, I, in Psalms 100, I can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So my question is, what are you after? What are you seeking after? Are you seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Then you understand that what your life is worth. Your life is worth so much that Christ died on the cross for our sins. Notice how he knows what happens to the spirit. He knows what's happening to you. Can I point you to why we want to look at Christ? Well, in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verses 1 to 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded, by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Can I imply again, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do you not see that same theme echoed here by the Hebrews writers say how we ought to run? Run towards the finish line. What is the finish line? I press on towards the mark. Of the high calling in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As I press on means it's I'm forgetting the things that are behind me. This means my earthly possessions, those things that I have, I can't take with me. I can have it now and have it now. But guess what? When I'm gone, everybody's going to have these things. So I need to understand that I want to run with endurance. Run with such purpose. Run because what Christ has done for me. As I look at Jesus, I look at the one who died for me, the one who was crucified for me, the one who bled for me, the one who defeated death for me. 
As I look at Christ, I realize that he's defeated death. So what can separate me from the love of God? Not death, not poverty, nothing can separate, not demons, not principalities, not power. But but I realize that there's some things that stop me from getting close to God. And I, I say it's the enemy, but it's not someone else, but it's in me. I am my worst enemy. I got to stop making idols in my life that makes me see God, make myself and not see God as above me. I got to look north and not look horizontal. I got to go vertical. I got to look up to, to the hills where it's coming my help. And all my help comes from the Lord. When I make my life worth everything down here, everything is worth the same. But when I realize that my life is precious, I realize there's some things I need to give up. Because I want to press on to the mark and higher calling. So therefore, I got to deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow after Jesus. Your life is worth more than what this world can give to you. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. So you holding on to the old stuff, you're not going to be able to upgrade. Some, some of y'all understand this upgrade situation, man. Every time they tell you, you bring your device here, we'll give you a new phone for free. But yeah, you got to bring the old one. Y'all don't hear me? You got to bring the old one, then they give you a new one. Here it is that God says, I don't care about the old one. I'm going to give you a new one. We all will be changed in twinkling of an eye. He don't want what we got. He's giving us what we need. And so don't get, hold on to stuff that's not going to help you out. Don't hold on to stuff that God does not want. But give him what he wants. He wants all of you. And cast this. He will upgrade you. He will change you. He will turn you around and fill your thought and show you what your life is worth. God is our shepherd. And being our shepherd, he provides for us. He protects us. He cares for us. Your life is worth more what this earth can give you. The song goes, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold. Is that your testimony? Do you rather have Jesus than silver and gold? Because look what he goes on to say in verses 32 to 33. He says, don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Hmm. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the persons of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no mock can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So what is your treasure? If your treasure is in heaven, then you'll be rich towards God. If your treasure is here on earth, you are poor towards God. So let us not be poor, let us not be fools, but let us be rich, let us be wise. I seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and he will supply everything you need. Let us pray. Mighty God, we just worship you. We thank you, God, that you supply our every need. Lord, forgive us for times that we thought it rested on us. Forgive us, Lord, for we thought it rested with our employer. We rested with our paycheck. But, Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we look back, it was you that brought us this far. 
It is you that has sustained us and kept us. Father, when times when we have not been good stewards, God, you have kept us from hurting or harming ourselves. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so, Father, we want to transform our hearts and our minds to grow and to mature and be the men and women of God you called us to be. The Lord, am I not, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus, who has not been baptized, who does not have a church home. But Lord, we thank you uh, that you are present and that all who call on the Lord shall be saved. So Lord, I pray that with them, that they call on you today, Lord, and they believe in, your, believe in their heart, that you died on the cross for their sin, and you defeated death by rising from the grave on the third day. We thank you, Lord, that you are exalted, seated at the right hand of the Father, and that they are saved. Now, Lord, we ask to guide them to a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church, and Lord, rather be this fellowship, Lord, help us to surround them, welcome them, and comfort them, and disciple them as we grow together to be the men and women of God you called us to be. So, Father, continue to move in this, in this moment of worship. Bless us, Lord, as we pray to give to you what already belongs to you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to give. We ask to bless those, Lord, have desired to give, but yet have not. But, Father, we pray that as we give back to what order belongs to you, that you will increase and multiply for the building of your kingdom, for preaching of your gospel, clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, and ministering to our sick and shut in and in prison. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we continue on in worship, we pray to give God his tithes and our offering. You're welcome to come forward as the Spirit leads you to bring it towards our box. Amen. And also, um, as we will be concluding worship after the benediction, if you are looking for a church home where you Say, what must I do to be saved? You confess today, Jesus Christ, the Lord has said, you're welcome to come, uh, and I'll be available to talk with you at the deacons as well to help you to join into this fellowship. Amen? Amen. 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 Those online, you're welcome to give online through our website, zionbcpeoria.com, and you can download our app for your uh, iOS or Droid device and able to give through the app as well or text to give. Thank you. God bless you. Those who are present uh, and as we stand up for United Usher Board and be at Mount Zion Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. Amen.